Bethlehem Bible Camp, and she sent a message next Sunday. She is hosting. She is hosting a, a barbecue at her house. Meat is provided. It's at 1:30. Uh, please bring sides and a chair, and please respond by Wednesday so she knows how much meat to get. But everybody in the church is invited. If you'd like to next Sunday, just uh, contact Michelle Alstrom, and uh, you can uh, show up there next Sunday, ready to, to eat barbecue after our worship time together. Now there was something I, I I picked up on as well here as as Mark shared, you know, mentioned the kids. Uh, just uh, we got kids have to stop going and, and taking um, communion bread and that sort of thing. Now that stuff tastes pretty good, okay. And and it's something I sensed as Mark was was asking for for uh, from that from the kids is is maybe some guilt on the part of the adults because they weren't being called out. And my guess is. If we asked who is, has taken some of that at different times, there would be adults that would have to come forward and repent as well. And so I guess uh, afterwards the elders will be in the back, and, and if you have something to repent of, you can, you can share your, your uh, transgressions and iniquities with them, and they will, uh, they will absolve you of guilt. Or, you know, around. My point is it's probably it was, it was more than just the kids, and, and uh, that's, if it didn't taste so good, then man, you know, that's, that's how we roll. So what's that? Praise God. That's right. Praise God. All right. Uh, I just rolled into town last night. Uh, there was a, a youth rally at Idaho Falls Church of Christ this weekend. And uh, I, I went down there and shared a lesson uh, yesterday. And there was some of the uh, few kids from the church here went with me. Uh, and, and they participated down there. And it was, uh, it was a smaller youth rally. Uh, they're in, in that area of Idaho, they haven't had a, a lot of youth rallies, and so they're trying to build it up and get kids together. And it was a, just a wonderful group of kids and a neat spirit with the church there and, and such. The first lesson that kicked things off on Friday night was, uh, was something that I will remember for a long time. And the, the uh, theme for the youth rally was forgiven. Is that correct, kids? Forgiven? I said forgiveness before, and they corrected me. And so it was forgiven. And I, uh, um, we walked into the auditorium there, and, and there's this, this younger man. He found out he was 30. Now, jet black hair, um, a clean-cut beard, uh, probably about my size. I looked him eye to eye, except he had big muscles. You know, big, strong, strong guy. And he had hair, too. And... And a beard, you know, so nothing, nothing even close to similar, right? And, and he sat down up front, and they had the auditorium, the front of the auditorium, a setup where there was about 20 kids or so there, and they sat in a circle, and uh, there was, um, they had a, a, a cross up there, and they dimmed the lights, and this young man sat down. And uh, he started off, and he said, I uh, am going to share something with you kids that I... Uh, I have. It's a story that I really, really don't like to tell, but I tell the story because I want you guys to understand um, what can happen when we decide that we're going to not do things God's way. And he went on to tell that he was from Arkansas, and he uh, is uh, now he works as a physical therapist there in Idaho Falls. But he went through, and I'm just going to tell the, the, the couple of minute version of, of what he talked about. But he said, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents loved God. I went to a Christian school. Um, I grew up knowing who God was, who Jesus was, the message of, of salvation, all of that. And when I was a 
teenager, I gave my life to Christ. I was baptized and, and that. And in my senior year, at that point in time, I still wanted to please God. That was what was on my radar. That's how I wanted to live. And I started dating a girl that was really not on board spiritually. And so we started dating, and I started, uh, and we started making choices that, that Christians shouldn't. And I, uh, once I graduated high school, I uh, was, was not, I left, got out of the house, and I wasn't uh, participating in worship anymore except once in a while to make my mom and dad happy. And I um, would, uh, was, stopped praying to God. I became pretty bitter with God. And I started seeing, uh, he said, as I perceived inconsistencies in other people and became very judgmental towards others. And what that led me to is deciding that I was going to do whatever I wanted to. And I partied a lot. I did what I wanted to do. And I went over about two years where I didn't pray to God at all. And any time I brought God's name up, it was cursing him or it was jeering him. And I was just going on in life, this mad, angry individual, but I didn't pick it up in myself. I didn't realize what all was happening. And something happened on July 3rd, and I can't remember the years, 10 years ago, so let's say 2009. He said, I remember the day, and I'll never forget it, unfortunately. But what happened is, I had heard rumors that my fiance, at that point in time, had been unfaithful to me. And so I was angry, I was upset, I was hurt. And I ended up coming in contact with this guy that she had been involved with. And I had an anger that came out of me that I have never thought that would ever come out. And it just poured out of me. And the guy got up and decided he, was, he got in his truck and he started driving away. And if I would have just let it go at that, but I didn't, said, I pulled out a gun and I shot at the truck as it was leaving. And as soon as I did that, I thought, what are you doing? Where have you, look where you have come after all of this. And he said, I got in my car and I, I started heading home, and uh, I, all of a sudden, the police lights were behind me, and I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I don't know what I've done, I don't know what's happened, but I'm in trouble. And I said, my dad told me, you can always come home, I'll always love you, I'll see you in the morning, just do whatever the cops tell you to do. And he said, I, I got out of the vehicle, and, and the officer that arrested me was one that I had known well, because he wasn't from the church that I grew up in, but he was a song leader, and he participated in, in singing so when the churches came together. And I knew him, and he knew who I was immediately. And he, cu- he grabbed me, he cuffed me, and he said, Michael, don't say a word, okay? Because anything you say now is going to be bad for you. You just shut your mouth. Cuffed him, put him in the car, and he said, something you need to know here as well, 
is the guy that you shot at, you hit him. He's on his way to Memphis right now. He's going to be in, uh, going to the hospital. We don't, I don't know how hurt he is, but you need to know that right now. So just shut your mouth and don't say anything. Michael said, I, I put in the car. He said, I don't have an idea how scary it will be if I'm not a Christian when Jesus comes back, but that's about as close as I can imagine what it would feel like. And I, I got in the car, and um, long story short, over the next 27 months or 26 months, it was uh, the... Uh, he went through going from one court hearing to the other, to the other, to the other. He said, I, I, uh, the, the judge could have, when I went to the, the bail hearing, the judge could have put a lot of bail on me uh, so that I would have sat in prison that whole time. But he said, I know that there's people going to be upset about this, but this young boy needs to go home to his mom and dad. And he said, he let me go home. I went home. And believe me, I didn't get any more trouble after that. But I went for the next two years or so where I alternated between being really repentant and being furious and angry at God for how did God allow this to happen. And then I woke up and realized, wait a minute, God did, I did this. I did this. This is me. I, did, I created all of this. And I just went back and forth over that for a while. And he, um, you know, he's sharing this. And I'm looking around, and the face on every one of the kids is... I mean, their ears, everything, they're listening to this story. And so Michael goes through, and, and he, basically what happened is, is after about two years, you know, during this time, he went back to college, started trying to, to do some things, and it wasn't easy to, to go to college when you know, he's, he's under investigation, and this is working its way through the, the court process. Turns out he hit the guy in the neck, um, did guy survived, um, was healing up, and he was living a normal life, all that, and he was going to be fine. Um, and about the two-year mark, this family approached and said, look, here's the deal. We're not as mad as we were initially. We don't really want to ruin this guy's life with uh, life in prison um, in a civil suit. We will settle out of court for X amount of money. And Michael said, I had a, an aunt that passed away, and the money that was given to me, my parents and my sister was enough to cover what this family wanted and I was able to walk free. The family didn't want any more from me as restitution. I was able to walk free. I went to school, became a physical therapist, um, met a girl, Christian girl that was, uh, was really on board spiritually. And when I went and talked to her dad about dating her daughter, he looked at me and said, well, I, I always want to treat people the way that they want to be, not the way that they have been. And he said, that man is much more spiritual than I am. <laughs> That's for sure, because I don't think I would have allowed that to happen. And so what he did is, sharing with the kids right there, he said, I understand from firsthand experience how great the forgiveness of God is and how beautiful the forgiveness of God is. And I'm so thankful for that. And don't do what I did to figure it out, okay? For crying out loud, kids, make good decisions, okay? Don't leave God because what can happen so fast is you end up in a spot that you never thought you'd be in with all sorts of pain and heartache and that sort of thing. And so choose right now, today, that you're going to follow God from today and now on. And at that point in time, all the adults in the room are like, 
you know, this is, you know, what a, what a story. You know, Church of Christ kid grows up in Arkansas, goes to Christian school, falls hard, and comes back and shares this story with kids. And I talked to them afterwards. And I said, man, thanks for sharing. And he's weeping all the way through the story. He said, I hate it. I hate sharing. I wish I could never share that again. But I think if I share the story whenever I'm asked, maybe these kids that are growing up in the church will not do what I did. I thought, good for you, man. I told, said, Michael, good for you, man. I'm glad you're sharing these stor- this story. It's hard, tough, all that. I'm glad you're sharing it. Because when I listened, I could feel and I could sense the forgiveness of God. And, and when I share my story, I mean, my story is, is uh, my story's not boring. My story's just not near as exciting as that in some ways. And I'm fine with that. You know, that's, that's good, that's great. But all, God uses all of us, and whatever our situation is, we can understand the, the deep forgiveness of God, can't we? That's a choice. We can decide that, that we're going to understand that, we're going to embrace it, and we're going to love it, and we're going to be excited about it. And so, the next morning, it was my job to follow that. <laughs> like, okay, well, you know, my, what I'm going to share is going to be different. And what I approached with the kids, and uh, I, sh- I said, okay, Michael taught you about how deep God's forgiveness is. And what we're supposed to do with it is what I'm going to share here. And so we're going to look at what does God say about forgiveness and what am I supposed to do about it. I looked back and it's been about a year and a half since uh, I taught about forgiveness here on Sunday morning. Because we've all got it dialed, right? We've got it dialed. We've got it all figured out. Right? That's, that's not how we work as people. And when I finished up the lesson that, that I gave here, and I'll give, uh, give parts of it here, one of the things that uh, there was a lot of adults that were there uh, from Idaho Falls Church, and they just chipped in. And I said, kids, the reason why they're chipping in is because they've lived this. They understand this. They understand how tough it is sometimes to walk through forgiveness. So we're going to walk through some of this this morning. And I hope all of us can leave here this morning just to uh, encourage that the grace of God and the forgiveness of God is great. And he has called us to share it with the people around us. So starting off, here's something that's important for all of us to remember, and if we've been around very long at all, we understand this. You will be wronged in this life. You will be hurt. That is unavoidable, and it will happen. And I don't know when we're, when we're young. I remember someone saying something like that to me once and thinking, oh, no, 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 I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. La, 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 la. I don't, I don't want to hear that. The reality is, is life is not fair. There's people who are going to do unkind things to us. There's things that are going to cause us hurt, and we are going to shame to others. That's how we work as fallen people. The question is, is how do we respond? Because that's what we can control. We can't control the hurt that comes our direction, but we can control how we respond. And what is inside of us comes out when we are wronged, and it becomes really clear who we really are and what really makes us tick. And, and so that is something for, for, that, that's good, it's a sobering thing for me to remember, is that how do I respond when I, when I have been wronged, and how do I walk through this? Here's a couple of things. Forgiveness is, and this is adapted from material I use for pre-marriage counseling, prepare and enrich. Forgiveness is the decision or choice to give up the right for revenge and negative thoughts towards someone who has hurt you. The process allows you to be free of anger and resentment and promotes healing and peace. Forgiveness provides a path for reconciliation in a relationship, okay? Now, how many of you, and I will not ask a raise of hands, but how many of you have been some point in your life 
or you've been hurt by someone and the result in your life is to sit and stew and think about it. Okay? Yeah, all of us have been there. Yeah, all of us have been there. Okay? Um, if you have not been there, then the elders would like to talk with you afterwards and pray with you and we'll talk about honesty and sincerity and all that. Okay? No. Okay? Life is unfair and we, we, get, we get that. And, and what we do ultimately is, is when we sit and we stew and we, we are frustrated and we're angry and, and, and all of that, then what we're doing is we're withholding the forgiveness from someone else. And, and that's, uh, all that does is ultimately turns us into people who are bitter, angry, and don't demonstrate the love of Christ at all. That's, all, that's the only thing it does. Withholding forgiveness doesn't hurt anybody else, doesn't change anything, but it just creates a, a bitterness inside of us. Let's talk about what forgiveness is not here. You see the guy that's a welcome mat? You know, he's just a mat. Everybody walks all over him. And sometimes that's the idea uh, that, that comes across, is that forgiveness is, um, I just let people walk all over me. And that's, the scripture never says that, okay? But I think this is a pretty good definition. Forgiveness is not forgetting or allowing injustice to continue. It is often not a quick process and can take time to unfold. Since it is sometimes unsafe or impossible, forgiveness does not always result in reconciliation. Okay, so there's times where, uh, when, when there's been deep hurt that has happened, the relationship is never put back together the same way. Situations of, of abuse or, or things like that. Sometimes reconciliation is impossible. But what we can do as Christians is decide, I will not allow the hurt that I have experienced control and influence how I am inside and, and how I treat other people from here on. I'm just not going to let that happen because God has called me to forgive and I need to, to as far as it depends on me, cleanse myself of all of that inside of me. Okay, so let's talk about responding to wrongs and we'll look at some scriptures of, of what the Bible says here. There's, I found in a, in a book a while back three different categories of offenses that happen. Okay, and, and these are, it's help, it was helpful for me. I thought, I read these, I thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because we don't respond to every hurt and heartache the same way. But responding to wrongs, there's some things that are minor offenses that happen in our lives. Uh, if someone cuts us off in traffic, someone says an angry word to us, someone we love that we're, um, that, that's a friend or, or a spouse or, or a family member, these are things that hurt, they're painful, but as Christians, there's some very specific instructions on how we're supposed to walk through things um, like this. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and there's part of it is written up there, so you can see it there behind me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and this is Paul talking about loving one another. Chapter 13, verse 4, he says... Love is patient, and he gives a description of love here. It's patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. So you look at that as, as being easily angered. There is, um, as Christians, if we're known for being people that are easily angered, quick to anger, and that sort of thing, then we're not demonstrating the, the love of Christ and the spirit of Christ at all. If we're easily offended and, and people around us have to walk on eggshells because never know what kind of, of what they're going to get from us, then we're not demonstrating the love of Christ at all. And as Colossians 13, that, uh, chapter 3, verse 13, Kyle read here just a minute ago, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. 
If any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so, as Christians, we should be the first people that have trained ourselves and learned how to just get over it. If it's something that we're not going to remember later in the day, and if it's something that we might not remember a year from now, that's a minor offense, and the best thing we can do is say, huh, I've done things to others, this person did something for me, I'm going to go on, and I'm just going to understand they're having a bad day. Okay, Those type of things, is, is training ourselves to respond in kindness and not in kind, makes all the difference in the world. And as we as Christians should be the first to be able to let those things go and to be able to move on when there's minor offenses that come our, our direction. Here's another, um, I like this, keep calm, it's no big deal, it's all good. My, minor offenses. We can personally just do some reflection, and that's something that all Christians uh, it's good for us to to, to cultivate that that um, concept of personal reflection to see what's really making me tick, what's really making me angry. Confess our sins to God, ask for God's help, and just walk through it. And be able to let things go that are minor offenses that happen sometimes on a daily basis in our life. Next is, uh, here's another type of, of offense that happens to us. Um, Minor offense. Wait a minute. We lost a slide in here somewhere. Okay. We don't go from minor offenses to life-shattering injustices. Let me, let me share something else. There's one in the middle here called legitimate wounds. Okay. There are things that, that sometimes that happen to us that are, that are legitimate wounds that, that hurt. Uh, there is, uh, there's sometimes where, where gossip can happen or misunderstandings that happen that, that really hurt and destroy relationships. Uh, there's the kids brought up because I asked them what is something that's a that's a legitimate wound. And they said, well, if you've been dating for somebody somebody for two years and then they just just dump you and you have no idea what's going on, yeah, that's that's a legitimate wound. That's going to hurt. That's going to take a while to walk through. It's going to be going to be tough. Um, someone has uh, someone steals some someone who is who is uh, very close to you betrays confidence. Steal something from you, take something that, and it's you think, man, this is this hurts. This is hard. This is tough. And yes, I'm going to remember this ten years from now, but I don't want it to be something that controls me constantly. Well, Matthew chapter chapter 18 tells us how to deal with these. Okay, and these deal with things that are sinful, where someone has sinned against someone else and it hurts. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Verses 15 through 17. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17 says, If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. That's from the Old Testament there. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Okay, so what, there's, there's a few things here, and we won't deal with all of this today. But if there's someone that, that gives you a legitimate wound, our job is to go. Go talk to them. We'll talk about that. To go, and maybe there's a, the temptation is to, man, I'm just, I'm just going to sit and stew. And Ephesians talks about that. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath because it gives the devil a foothold and it can be really, really dangerous for us. Go, go alone, 
Don't get a group to go do a lynching. Don't you know, get family members and go do that. Just go alone. Go to reconcile with a purpose of reconciling and go now and then learn to let it go. Because legitimate wounds are going to happen in life. They happen to all of us. And if we don't, if we're, if we're not capable of walking through those, we're going to live in, in bitter existence our entire life. And they're hard and they're difficult, but God has called us to walk through them and to learn to do that. And oftentimes I've found in so many circumstances, you know, things can, um, think, there's misunderstanding, there's something like that that can be walked through just so quickly. And, uh, and, and health can be, can be given uh, to relationships. Okay, number three, and this is, the, this is hard, life-shattering injustices. And what I'm talking about here is those, those type of things that happen that life is never the same afterwards. If someone is, uh, is someone who is a loved one who is killed by a drunk driver, for example, or um, you know, divorce oftentimes is one of these life-shattering injustices, especially for children that are involved in the, in the, in, in the burdens that come with that. There's any number of things, but there is life-shattering injustices don't happen to everybody. I don't think that if I look at my life, I can say, boy, I've had some life-shattering injustices. It is, that, I, I can't say that. I've had loved ones that are close to me pass away. I've had things that I didn't think was fair, but nothing that's a life-shattering injustice. And so if someone has gone through life-shattering injustices, and I walked through that, I've walked through those with people many, many times. When I was a chaplain or as a minister, things that there is nothing that I could say that I could think of that, that was going to be this is going to be good. How do you? It just this hurts, and there's no explaining this. And life-shattering injustices. If we say, "Hey, get over it. Just deal with it," you know, that's that's not helpful in those type of, of situations. But if you walk through life-shattering injustices, there's a real temptation for that to turn a person bitter. And here's some things to think about. Acknowledge what happened. Don't deny it. Say, this is real. This is hurt. My life is going to be different. I have lost something very, very dear here. And I know that forgiveness is, forgiveness is going to take a while. It's going to be a long, long process. But I'm going to pursue that. And this is going to be difficult. But there's going to be times where I do okay, there's times where I don't. But I'm going to pursue this because this is hard and this hurts. And when we pursue that with the heart of God, God has a way of turning situations that are hard, that are difficult, into ways that he can use them for something that is good and honorable. Here's a few scriptures that talk about the heart of God. Exodus chapter 34, verses 5 through 7. This is when Moses is saying, come on, God, throw me a bone here. You've got to help me understand how to lead these people. Tell me who you are. Help me understand this. And God says, God came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Okay? And we've talked about this before, and I come back to the scripture a lot, because this is where God shares. This is who my nature, that's what my nature is, and this is who I am. And there's the contrast there. God wants to forgive thousands, and punishment comes to a few. That's, 
as I read that, I see God is saying, what I want to be is a forgiving God. That's what I want to do. I have to bring out the judgment. I have to bring out the punishment at times. But that's not where I like to exist. I have to do that because I'm a just and right God. But what I want to do is forgive. That's what I love. It. I get excited about that, forgiving thousands of generations. That, that's awesome. That's God's heart. And that's the way... You can see, is it little wonder when you see this God right here, is it, little, is it any wonder that he came down himself in flesh to become a sacrifice for us? Because this is what his heart is right here. Here's another one, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Okay, one of these messages in Scripture that this is a salvation. If we don't forgive, we end up being full of bitterness. We are not someone that looks like God at all, is, is where we end up. And it's devastating. It's devastating for us, devastating for families, devastating people around us. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And Jesus shares this when he is where? On the cross, being executed. The sins of the world on his shoulders. It says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that's our example. Because that's God's heart. That's how he revealed himself. He said, I'm one that forgives. And I love to forgive. And that's where I enjoy existing. I bring punishment when I need to. I'd just rather be in a place of forgiveness. Don't make me go there. <laughs> because it's beautiful. Forgiving and letting all of that go. So the question I, we posed at the beginning is, what does God say about forgiveness and what am I supposed to do about it? God tells us to be people that live out forgiveness in our lives every day. Um, something I've noticed in my, my short years on this earth is that, uh, let me sh share it in, in these terms. There was... Um, my dad gave me a book here a while back called Deep Survival, and it was a book about how some people in situations when they're lost in the woods can survive and some people do not. Uh, examples where there's a, a, a boat of, of football players that got stranded and they died within a few days. They had resources, they, they could have made it, but they died. But on the other hand, there's um, a young girl who went down in a plane crash and was the only survivor in the Amazon and she walked down the river to a settlement and survived over days. And she drank and she slept, drank water and she slept, and, and she, she made it. And she, she was able to survive. You know, we would have thought the opposite would have happened, and why is that? And something I've, I've observed in life is that sometimes, and I told the kids this, I said, have you ever seen somebody, have you ever been around someone that's 80 years old and just really, really cranky and upset, and the kids are like, yeah. And then they started confessing for other people. Like, no, 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 don't confess for other people. Kids can't do that. Can't confess for other people. But why that happens is that that person who is 80, sometime earlier in life, did not learn to forgive others and became bitter and became angry and became upset at life and never was able to say, I repent, I don't want to be that way anymore. And that's what it looks like. And so, kids, do you want to look like that? No, 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 no. We don't, want, we don't want to look like that. But I've seen other people on the other side. Some of the, the greatest examples for me that I've ever seen, these great spiritual examples, 
people who have gone through sometimes multiple life-shattering injustices in their life that seems like that would just cripple them, put them in a place where they would be bitter for all of eternity, and every one of us would say, "Oh yeah, I could see why that's happened. I could see that's that's definitely. I can see why they'd be hurt and upset and bitter about that." But you can detect no bitterness in them whatsoever, because they've learned this. They've learned the message of God and the message of Jesus. That forgiveness is wonderful. Forgiveness is sweet. And praying through that, walking through the process of forgiving others is all it's cracked up to be, and it's wonderful. And uh, that's uh, something that God has called all of us to do, and I pray that we uh, pursue that today, we pursue it tomorrow. And if there's something uh, buzzing around your head that you think, man, I just need to, to, to walk through this, I need to figure this out, then don't wait around. Pursue the path of forgiveness and, uh, and receive the great freedom that God wants to extend to you. If you'd like to become a Christian today or you'd like prayers of the church, the elders are waiting in the back and they're excited to pray for you and walk through whatever you're going through in life alongside you. Let's uh, stand and sing together.